0: Welcome to the Rugby League in America podcast. I'm your host, Nate Gladden, and in this one, well, it's not one I ever wanted to do, um, never want to do again, but I feel like I need to stand by it. But guess what? It's time for popcorn and whiskey. Go ahead and get you some. Stand by one second. That is, uh, it's going to be needed. So, Here's the deal. I didn't want to do this podcast. Um, and honestly, I really, it's not my style. But uh, yeah, I did. And I stand by it. And it's a bummer. But. It is what it is. So, what I'm going to say is this. This is the my official observation on the official statements that came out from the USA Rugby League and Canada Rugby League the other day in relation to, obviously, the sport as a whole in their regions, but obviously the North American Rugby League. So, I want to start by saying this. One, I freaking love you guys. I love the sport. I love everybody involved. I genuinely do. Um, yeah, I don't hold any ill will towards anybody that I'm aware of that I've ever met in the game. Uh, maybe people that I enjoy having a drink with more than the others, but really the honest answer is I don't really hold anything negative towards anybody when it comes to at a personal level, but you'll see a little bit more as we dive into it first uh, or next. I want to address this zero USARL clubs in the domestic side have reached out to me to shit on anyone in the NARL and Nobody on the NARL side has reached out to me to shit on anybody on the USARL side. Now, I know that may sound weird. I've had people reaching out and saying, man, what the hell is this? Why is this team not involved? Why is that team involved? How could this team not be involved? Uh, Why do they think this should have been involved? I've had all of that, but I have not had anybody say, like, I wish them failure and blah, 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 blah. I've had players that have reached out and be like, what happens? I've done my best, uh, but I've also tried to stay out of this a little bit because Hey man, here's the deal. Like I I'm not in I'm invested in this sport and I'm invested in this team, but I'm not invested in one of these teams specifically. I want to see success. So we'll dive in more here in a second, but I prefer to sip whiskey and eat popcorn and just relax. But this episode had to happen. So get yourself some whiskey and uh yeah, settle in. So what I uh what I did here was, was uh, write out what I wanted to say. And that's a little different than normal because obviously I just banter on and have a great time with you guys. But I kind of felt like, yeah, why not do this? So here we go. A few days ago, I noticed on social media that USA Rugby League Inc. and LLC had released a joint statement as it relates to the newly established North American Rugby League, or NARL. Later on in the day, I noticed Canada Rugby League also put out an official statement on the recent semi-professional league's creation. Like anyone else who noticed them, I had my initial thoughts on both. I received an overwhelming amount of messages about the releases, which I honestly responded to very few of. Two journalist types specifically asked for an official comment, which I refused. Why? because I am just a fan who happens to enjoy speaking into a microphone about the game and those who play it. I rarely give any sort of official statements other than obviously what I say here on the podcast, and tend to avoid taking stances on one side or the other, unless it is the back players, which is what I intend to do here. Instead of a hurried response, which is how everyone seems to want their reactions these days, I took some time to process both, remove emotion, and focus on how it makes me view these organizations, as well as the others involved. After realizing the number of people wanting to know my stance, and my lovely fiancé, Kate, telling me that sometimes a public stance, done in a good taste, is worthy of giving, I decided to humbly give my official observation. It is intended for you, the listeners and lovers of rugby league, and a few others. I want to begin by briefly reviewing statements and highlighting a few portions, starting with Bob Jowett, president of Canada Rugby League. First quote on the NARL. For such a competition to grow and thrive, it is essential that strong links are built with grassroots organizations developing community rugby league A condition for teams to join the NARL is for them to support grassroots development. This being the case, the NARL not only offers opportunities for players, player and coach development, in the America's national teams, including the Canada Ravens and Canada Wolverines, it also promises to significantly help with growth of grassroots rugby league. End quote. If I have learned one thing over the years, it is that rugby league people have a deep love for grassroots. It is woven into the fabric of the sport. I can turn on the Matty John Show and hear them regularly mention the youth club of some current player, even if it is from the far reaches of the footy community in Australia. Meanwhile, over in the United Kingdom, I am preparing to watch Hunslet take on the North Wales Crusaders. Hunslet, a historical but almost completely unknown club over here in the States, matters because it is the home of the first American who competed professionally in any code of rugby. That man was Lucius Banks. In Brazil, Robert Bergen and a host of dedicated locals are preparing for the 2021 Rugby League World Cup, where the women will come from their communities to don their nation's beautiful and iconic colors. Five times in a one-page statement, the word grassroots was mentioned. If you look at the excerpt I just read, you'd also notice that the word condition was used, humbly but appropriately. Everything in the response speaks to growth, inclusion, and development of the men and women in Canada who are learning to play the game. The condition portion is the one time where you can tell that Bob Jowett and those on the administrative side have put an expectation on the NARL to give back as well as invest in the growth of their game at all levels, especially the grassroots. Next quote on moving forward together. Quote, The CRLA believes that there is an opportunity to build bridges between elite and grassroots development at ground zero, and in doing so, reducing tensions that can exist between governing bodies. End quote. Building bridges from the top down and the bottom up. This takes leadership, communication, sacrifice, risk, checking of one's ego, and a willingness to grow something more than the desire to tear it all down if you don't get everything your way. This speaks to the culture being bred up north. One last observation on the uh, Canadian side of this. When we were all attending the America's Nines Cup in Toronto back in 2019, a man named Dave who goes by Northern Polo on Instagram, snapped a picture that immediately struck me when I read the Canadian response in present day. It was of a little girl, who I imagine was probably five or so years of age, running with ball in hand and a smile on her face. Also with a smile on her face was Ravens player Mackenzie Fane, who was gently chasing the girl and reaching for her flag to pull off. That picture speaks to the dedication and love of a sport being shared between two female generations on the same pitch that the Toronto Wolfpack men played on at the professional level. On that same day, I remember meeting, laughing, and drinking with Bob Jowett, as well as some other incredible players, fans, coaches, announcers, and of course, Sharon Lill. This is Rugby League in Canada. Now I want to move on to my own country. United States of America, and the response from Peter Ilfield, the chairman of the USA Rugby League, Inc., which is the national governing body. Just as with the other statement, I want to highlight a few passages. I should add that I intend to work backwards through this document, which will make sense when I get to the third quote. First quote on working with the NARL. Quote, The Inc. and the LLC look forward to working with the NARL to continue efforts of inclusion for all and expansion of competitions under sanction to enhance our national footprint and improve the Hawks' performance and presence on the international stage. End quote. It took until the final paragraph of a two-page document to mention a desire to work with the North American Rugby League. This was after they'd pointed out how players of both countries, yep, both, but don't worry, we'll get to that in a moment, may forfeit their right to wear the colors of their country. This was also after pointing out their connection to the international and European rugby league offices respectfully, which implies something different than the actual response from the IRL chairman, Troy Grant, and the development of the NARL. Next quote, on the exclusion of players who participate in the NARL. Quote, failure for such entities to meet these requirements may result in participating nations and their players being considered ineligible for international duties." End quote. Based on that one sentence, I have to assume two things. First, the chairman of the USARL believes he is both capable and within his rights to dictate whether or not Canadians get to participate at the international level. After all, he did say nations. Does that mean he'll petition the international offices to make some Ontario Rugby League domestic player from a place like Burlington, Canada, ineligible to play for his country or uh, club? The second thing, and even more disturbing for me, is that according to this statement, Joe Eichner, a young, physically fit athlete who has represented himself and his country in the red, white, and blue with character, I may add, will no longer be allowed to represent me, a proud American. Due to these words, I am to assume that this young man who has dedicated his body and his future, a domestic-born player who moved across the world to develop his game, will become ineligible the moment the whistle blows on June 19th. When I, an American-accented announcer, who learned the game of rugby league while serving downrange with Brits, Aussies, and Kiwis, sits in that booth in Brooklyn, calling his name, praising his accomplishments and tireless work ethic, that I'll have to realize I won't get to do the same when we pursue a berth in the 2025 Rugby League World Cup. This does not sit right with me. Do not forget that Joe first learned how to play this amazing game under the incredible... Jacksonville-Axman crest before moving onwards and upwards. What this official statement tells me is that a young man taught in a domestic league was good enough to move to a semi-pro level in another country, but he's not eligible to move up to a semi-professional level in his own. No, hmm. breathe through that one. Third quote on sanctioning, quote, the USARL Inc. as the NGB administers and sanctions rugby league in the USA and organizes the Hawks national team, while the USARL LLC administers the national competition and along with the Inc. sanctions, develops, and executes the domestic game at all levels, end quote. This paragraph doesn't bother me because of its verbiage. It is factual, almost entirely. The only thing in there which isn't quite accurate, I believe, is that the LLC does not sanction at all levels. They do it for the domestic competition. California Rugby League does not fall under them. This is not to say that someday they won't or that they aren't trying, but as far as I know, they don't play in a unified league and they do not operate the same. I would imagine... Just as New South Wales Rugby League and Queensland Rugby League both operate separately and then work up the chain of command to the Australian Rugby League. If I'm wrong on this point, then I genuinely and sincerely apologize. What does bother me about this paragraph is one word organizes. It is subtle, and most people wouldn't notice it, but I sure as hell did. We do not spell this word with an S, we spell it with a Z. Does this sound petty? It isn't. It is a nationality thing, and it matters because the game over here needs to be built in our brand. Let me give everyone another example. When my amazing fiance, Kate, who is a proud Australian residing here in America, speaks to students in this country, she does so with an accent that sounds unique to American schoolchildren. And they love it. But what she does do is change her slides on her presentation to match our grammar standards. Why? Because Because it is not the students point. Sorry, because if not, the students point this out every single time, the minute she finishes. It's simple. Know your audience. When I call footy games, I use American terminology that doesn't always jive for rugby league traditionalists, but they understand why. Because I am representing the USA and looking to build the game in our way. Sir, if you want to represent our culture, our colors, our players, and our coaches, which is a melting pot of heritage and domestic participants just like this beautiful nation, then you should do it from the States and in our way. The American way. After all, we are a brand that the game desires to be unique for fresh growth. Now, before anyone starts standing up and cheering, thinking this is an entire episode reserved for slamming Peter Ilfield, let me say that the man has put in countless hours of voluntary work in the past to help grow the game. He spent a long time over here and is part of the history of our growth, and for that I will always be grateful. Personally, during the same timeline as him, I could not have been able to devote as much time and money into trying to make the game better. While I reserve the right to feel a certain way, I do believe in fairness and empathy. Mama taught me right. Because of this, I could not express my thoughts without genuinely acknowledging him or any other person who has given of themselves to make it all possible. But let's switch gears. In order for this episode to occur, or any of us to be excited, curious, angry, or worried, the North American Rugby League had to be created. So by default, the NARL has to take ownership of a few things. First, they need to include the USARL Inc. of their intentions to create a league. From all accounts, and from what I have learned from digging, they did this. Second, they need to plan to explain things a bit better as to how they want to incorporate the domestic league, which, is, which under no circumstances do I want to see go away. If they have lasting and proper goals set, then they will realize the value of working together with all levels here in the States and furthering the game at the grassroots level. Third, and most important for me personally, they must, absolutely must, make every effort possible to include players, coaches, and administrators who are American domestic and or heritage I am really excited about foreign players coming over to help on-field action, as well as grow our player pools to knowledge. But if our boys aren't seeing on-field time, then I'd consider this entire project a failure. Again, based on the early signs, they are striving to do this. Mark Twain once said, history does not repeat itself, but it rhymes. We've seen startups, shakeups, well-wishers, and promise makers step forward multiple times over the past 20 years in this country. And while the NARL worked to build an awesome product, they will have this hanging over their heads based on infighting we've seen over here before. They are wise, they will accept this and dedicate themselves to not replicating it. What is the purpose of this podcast? I'll make it crystal clear so you do not doubt my intent. It is to focus on our current leader, our lack of progress internationally, and to represent the players on both sides. Beginning with the last one, let me say something I wouldn't typically say. I don't play favorites, but I do have a few. On the newly minted NARL side, there is a club which brought my fiancé into my life, the Brooklyn Kings. So for that simple reason, I will forever have a soft spot in my heart for the boys from the borough. I also have a favorite team in the USARL, the Tampa Mayhem. Why? Because Justin Branca, the team captain, is a good man. And when my dying grandfather, my hero, was in the hospital, he took time to visit him. Months later, my papa had fought back and managed to attend his first, last, and only rugby league game between Tampa and Jacksonville. I have a photo of these two men talking prior to the game and one of the three of us at the drink-up afterwards. The ball that Justin and David Olch of the Lakeland Renegades both signed for him sits right next to me while I record this episode. My grandfather passed away on the day of the Rugby League Qualifier, Rugby League World Cup Qualifier, 2019. Hell, he's attached to Rugby League forever. But for this reason, my favorite domestic league side are the mayhem. Based on what I just told you, I can assure you that I will never be okay with the USARL teams folding and the league not growing even more powerful. That may mean things shift over the years. The mayhem may remain a domestic league's southern staple and develop players of character who go on to represent this great nation in a great sport. They may end up becoming semi-pro. Doing the same with their players, just at a financially supported level. No matter what, they will always matter to me. To the NRL, to the NARL, I say do your utmost to include and work with my papa's beloved team as well as all the others in the USARL. They've earned it. I also mentioned progress. During my time covering the sport here in America, at no point has the USARL been or seemed to be becoming a financially strong league. There's nothing wrong with this, because those involved still love it. I do not blame anyone, because I have yet to meet anyone involved who wasn't volunteering their time and using their money to get to game day. It is quite impressive. That said, our progress and relevance at the international level has become non-existent. Financially, we have nothing to show is sustainable, despite having athletes galore, dedicated administrators, wise coaches, and willing volunteers. Unlike many, I do not care about the days of the 2013 Rugby League World Cup wins. They were amazing, and those boys who played are great Americans. But the balance of the 2017 side impressed me just as much. Please do not reach out with an argument for either because I love every player who played on both squads and won't entertain thinking both aren't vital to both our rugby league history and our future. What I do not like is that the players from both 2013 and 2017 are growing older and moving on. If fracturing, which must be owned by both sides in this latest development, zero financial backing... And apparently, now a much smaller and less experienced player pool is to become the norm, then we run the risk of not being seen in a serious international competition until at least 2029. That is regression, not progression. And someone has to own this failure. This leads me to my final point. Leadership. Or in my opinion, a lack thereof. For the past 20 years, I have been in a profession which demands constant training, holds their members to lofty standards, and demands current leaders to develop future leaders while both studying past leaders. I feel fairly confident in what real leadership looks like. I'd be shocked if anyone listening to this cannot think about a good and bad example uh, from their past life experience. Canada has culture and leadership. They are sure to struggle going forward, just like we all will, But they are displaying, publicly, a leadership approach which includes all levels, has a clear focus, and and has established a clear intent in what they expect from this new venture. Want another example? Look to Jamaica. Romeo Monteith and his entire staff are taking their small country to the Rugby League World Cup and building a sustainable foundation. They do this through having a clear focus and positive leadership. Culture. Culture. Character, communication, humility, fun, and steady, wise growth are happening on that small island country to our south. They are the torchbearer for all of us in the Americas to follow and learn from. In the United States, the country I live, love, breathe, and bleed for seems to not really have any form of plan at the top. Our board has members who live in other countries, and some who have zero ties to this nation. They are hard to get in touch with. This isn't a dig at them. It is to highlight that this is not good for logistics, open lines of communication, and differing cultural understandings of ways we can grow. Our our board should consist of Americans and possibly one foreign-born American-based person who has an ability to speak both traditional and New Age rugby league languages. This doesn't mean we don't want support and investment, but in control, strategy, and development, it should belong on our soil. Our leadership should have a clear financial plan with someone who is solely focused on the branding, marketing, and monetary sustainability of our national team, semi-pro potential, domestic men and women, our wheelchair side, and also our youth programs. Currently, from what I can gather, and trust me, I've been digging, remember, I was a part of the board for a little bit or not the board apologies but the administrative side our approach is to basically beg for a jersey sponsor when an international event occurs and to ask our local clubs coaches and players to dig in their pockets for everything let me make this clear hope is not a course of action among the many things needed for effective leadership to occur communication is key Realize that not every great leader has to be overly vocal, but every great leader must be able to communicate. If we do not have a leader who is leading from the front and instead setting policy and restrictions from the rear, then we are a rudderless ship. Not all is bad. In fact, everything needed to build the game, with all parties involved, sits upon Canadian and American shores. Servant leaders, dedicated and educated footy folks, superb athletes, and avid sports fans. If it is going to work over here, it is going to take effort, skill, and devotion. Both countries have these things, which is why I am excited for the future of the sport. Why do I believe that all sides can make it work? Because emerging nations the world over are finding ways to do it constructively and with good intended results. I want to put a smile on everyone's face after such heavy talk, and then I will admit I am going to leave you with one last thing. But first, let's savor something together. When Arthur Vernon came on my podcast back in 2018, I sat in awe listening to the knowledge and love the man had for the game. When I sat at a Brisbane bar with him, Adam Wright, Robert Bergen, and Christian Freed in 2019, I felt like I was in the company of Rugby League Royalty. Why? Because they were all people who cherished the game and were welcoming me into their family with cold beers and open arms. More closer to home, I remember sitting in a bar after the 2018 Rugby League World Cup qualifier where Jamaica earned their birth. I had beers with Romeo Monteith, Paul Buchanan, Mark Offerdahl, Drew Slover, and many more. I cherish my chats and drinks with each and every one of these people. I regard all of them as quality, and I love seeing them being in the game. Now that you've heard my opinion on Canada, the U.S., and the NARL, you can decide for yourself where you sit. I'm not looking to persuade you in either direction. I find that to be futile, and also not my place. But I am on the side which sees both nations grow together. I am on the side which wishes to see players from British Columbia to Boston and Los Angeles to Lakeland thrive. I am on the side which sees the game actually grow, not stagnate. I love this game and the people who make it the greatest game on planet Earth. Which is why I end this episode in the following way. These days, it takes something that I feel is a wrong to others to get me to speak out. It takes an extreme level of either incompetence or neglect to upset me. But you, Mr. Illfield, sir, you have done just that. No one but yourself, as the chairman of our national governing body, has the actual power to decide whether we attempt to make all sides work together or put up walls and refuse to grow. The NARL may fail, and if it does, their detractors will be vin- uh, will feel vindicated in order to find out, though, we have to give them an opportunity to be held to such a high standard. It is of my individual opinion that you are not the person for the job. I do not believe I am, but I believe someone out there is. As I stated earlier, that is not an indictment on you as a person. If I were to come to your place of employment, I would almost bet money you'd be doing rather well. I feel it is just time for you to take a bow be given a genuine round of applause by all, and graciously step away with your head held high. To the remaining members of the USARL Inc. Board, as well as the USARL LLC Board, if you are based here in the States, then I hope you stay in your role, and with new leadership, are given the chance to show that you are beyond capable to take this game forward. I do not doubt your willingness or abilities To those who may be living abroad, I thank you for your selfless service, and I honestly hope I get the chance to buy you all a drink someday, because I feel you are all quality people. However, if you love this game, and you actually want to see one of the largest and most powerful countries on earth grow the game, please help find a suitable successor. Give them as much advice as you can, and please step away knowing that you have my utmost respect to the future leaders of every entity i've mentioned in this podcast i hope to someday be able to financially afford to non travel non stop to your location and cheer on your respective teams i love you all and want nothing but the best for all involved to my listeners this caused me angst to express my stomach is actually hurting right now as i come to the end and i'm definitely going to have to have a stiff drink but i felt it needed to be said in order for the game to thrive over here, in North America. Cheers.